Welcome to the UPL Australia podcast series. UPL is a leader in global food systems and is now one of the top five agricultural solutions companies worldwide with market access to 90% of the world's food basket and focused on ushering in growth and progress for the complete agricultural network, including farmers, distributors, suppliers and innovation partners. Through our hashtag Open Ag initiative, we want to build an open agriculture network that feeds sustainable growth for all, no limits, no borders. We are creating a network that changes the way a whole industry thinks and works, opening it all up to new ideas, new ways, new answers. We hope these podcasts will inspire you and open your mind to new ideas and new ways of dealing with the current challenges faced by everyone in Australian agriculture. Here's your host, Sam Edmund. Thanks for joining us. And on behalf of UPL Australia, welcome to our second Open Ag podcast. If you haven't heard our chat with the unbreakable farmer Warren Davies yet, I urge you to go back and have a listen. Today, we have another inspiring guest on the show who has a real vision for helping people in country Australia. She's passionate about ensuring that farmers, people in rural business and those living in small or isolated towns have equal access to support services. If they're battling with problems like alcohol abuse, misuse and addiction, she's the creator, founder and CEO of Sober in the Country. Shanna Wan, welcome. Thank you very much for having me, Sam. Great to have you on the program. Now, we're going to delve today a little bit deeper into your personal story and I guess the inspiration behind Sober in the Country in a moment. But first, as someone who has their finger on the pulse of rural Australia, what's the feeling you're getting at the moment from people that you're talking to? Is there a sense that people aren't coping with the current stresses of work and life and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, look, that's a great question, Sam. It's been an interesting thing for rural people. We are used to isolation. It's our normal, right? So COVID is not as big of an issue for us as what some in the cities, for example, might be experiencing. But what it has shown is it's just another hit for people who've already come through drought, they've already come through floods, they've come through bushfires and now COVID-19. And it's just another thing for people to have to manage and negotiate and deal with. So I think it just compounds that sort of general feeling of, oh my God, what next, you know? So even though we are, we're pretty great at learning how to cope and adapt with isolation as it is, doesn't mean it isn't stinging certain businesses and operators. So it's just another thing, to be honest. So in the face of this global pandemic then that we speak of, I mean, we've seen our society altered in probably the broadest, fastest and most profound way since World War II. And the statistics are showing that when faced with stocking up on supplies for for the lockdown, alcohol was right there at the top of the list. And indeed, alcohol sales have skyrocketed in the last couple of months. Does that ring warning bells to you? Oh, look, zero surprises for those of us on the front lines to see that happen. We saw it coming. We knew it would come. To be honest with you, I I feel pretty disappointed that our leadership hasn't taken a stronger stance on this one because um, ultimately big alcohol needs to be held accountable for advertising standards. And like I said, those of us on the front lines are pretty tired of seeing this bombardment of ads that are actually breaching ethical standards, saying things like survive lockdown with a six-pack, get through this pandemic with this bottle or that bottle. And it all sounds very innocent and very you know, people just tend to subliminally absorb that without thinking of the greater impact. And I'm frustrated, as are many of us in this space, because it's just that constant normalisation of massive drinking and 
our concerns. So sober in the country, we're not interested in people who can safely enjoy a beer. That's that's not our focus. Our concern is on our mates who can't safely enjoy or moderate. And there's actually a hell of a lot of people in the country who can't do that as we are unearthing. And so this boost in alcohol sales and whatnot, our real issue is what happens to those people who are in that sort of grey area drinking, which is a bit problematic because there's a pretty fine line between grey area drinking and alcoholic drinking. And during several months of a pandemic, right, where people are being told by whether it's their mates on social media, whether it's big alcohol pummeling advertising out there, the message is consistently something like, you can have a drink, it's COVID, who cares, it's a pandemic, drink earlier, drink more you can be in your pyjamas with a hangover and the couch, your boss won't get cranky with you. Like it's just, it's that real lift in normalising more drinking, daytime drinking, et cetera. And again, we're not demonising grog and we're not having a crack at those who are enjoying their, you know, glass of wine or beer. But what happens to those people that slip through the cracks? Because when COVID's over, right, the ramifications of that escalation in drinking will continue long after this pandemic's gone. So that is the concern. Yeah, and as CEO of Sober in the Country, I mean, I guess this is a, a body that's formed out of life experiences for you, isn't it? I mean, can you tell us about some of those personal experiences that you have lived and how you came to, I guess, ultimately the realisation that you were an invisible alcoholic, as it's termed? Yeah, mate. Um, look, definitely. Like, as as anybody who has had to step up and form, whether it's a charity or a new product or whatever, I did this because I saw a huge gap and I thought, okay, I'm going to meet the needs of this gap of invisible Australians. So, yeah, and it's based on, as you said, my own experience of being a, an alcoholic who slipped through the cracks for years and years and years of our healthcare system because I had a successful business, I had a good haircut, I was successful in my daily life according to people watching on but under the cover of darkness I was falling apart in the privacy of my own home I was I was a high functioning alcoholic and and that was progressing with me as it does as is the nature of alcoholism to the point where um, at the age of 39 I was ready to take my own life I was blackout drinking two to three bottles of wine by myself in isolation which is also the nature of how addiction works And I didn't really raise red flags for most people until I was in the emergency category and I was in hospital because I'd had an accident and fallen down a flight of stairs and all of a sudden all the red flags are waving. And to come through from chronic alcohol dependence and suicide, sorry, suicidal tendencies, et cetera, to recovery in the bush without adequate access to information, services, support, and let alone I couldn't qualify for anything because I was deemed by society as fit to work, so too bad, so sad, go back to work. I just realised that for people like me, overcoming alcohol dependence in a rural setting was just bloody ridiculously full of barriers and challenges. So sober in the country became my way of taking what I call my miracle to reach out to others and say, guess what, you know, you're not alone in this, actually. It turns out there are people battling addiction to grog all over rural and remote Australia. The wonderful news is alcohol awareness is getting so much traction globally. So Sober curiosity is a real thing. But, of course, out in the bush we like to drag our heels because we really, really love our grog. And so 
I kind of took my whole life of, of, of having lived in the bush all over the country. I've got connections all over rural Australia. Happily, I have a background as a journalist and a speaker and a photographer. And I just went, right, I'm going to combine all these things and I'm going to start talking about this stuff in a big way. And it kind of began with that idea. And today we're a national charity. And, you know, the objective that I have is to, as you said before, um, I really want rural and remote Australians, hardworking, busy people to know that they're not alone in this fight because they think they are. And, And the whole premise of what we do is to focus on this demographic of people that no one is looking at because what happens is all of our funding and all of our government initiatives tend to look at the bottom end of the spectrum, which is great and that's important. But what about what about catching people before they fall into the river? And that's our purpose. You're listening to the UPL Australia podcast, part of their Open Ag series. Our guest today is Shanna Wan, founder and CEO of Sober in the Country. When you did hit rock bottom, the difficulty you encountered, I guess, to find help and support in the area that you were in. Now, Sober in the Country, tell us a bit about what you've done to rectify that and the work that you do with, I guess, service providers in in rural and regional areas now. Yeah, so basically... We began just as an online conversation and we're now six months into our status as a national charity. We do not present as a service provider or the solution because we're essentially a really small grassroots charity run by a handful of passionate volunteers, including me. What we do, right, is our job is to go out there and break open really, really tricky conversations in this demographic so that we can knock a few hurdles down for our mates out there in the bush who have recognised their grog intake is a problem and they want to maybe look at that and get a bit of support. So we are kind of like a segue from, okay, I'm aware this is an issue, what do I do next? So people can come to our website and our page. We do have a peer, we have a peer support network that runs under the Sober in the Country banner where we currently have um, 700 people working together who are rural professionals who all share the same goal to cut back or quit drinking. But we don't sit there and tell them we've got the answer, we're the solution. We just say, we get it, here's a community, here's a safe space, let's have a yarn about it. But in addition to that, we will funnel them into resources. So we don't see any need or any point in reinventing a wheel that's already been invented. There are so many excellent uh, providers online, such as Hello Sunday Morning, which are a government-funded national alcohol um, behavioural change. Uh, We've got things like smart recovery and of course there's alcoholics anonymous so there are there are all ends of the spectrum available for people to use but most people don't know where to start they don't know they don't know how to identify if there's a problem they don't know what it means so our job is really to break the ice to crack open the top of this chat and make people feel like they can just be free to speak So we kind of do that through whether it's the peer group or through our main social media, um, our public Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. We've got, oh, shivers, we impact 100,000-odd people through our social media now. Um, And we will be developing and growing our outreach all the time. But, of course, that comes down to funding. So what we're doing is to basically do the best we can with what we have. And the impact we've got is just extraordinary And, you know, as I say to anybody, um, (laughs) there's nothing special about me. Um, The reason I believe Sober in the Country resonates so far and wide is because I'm a very ordinary girl from the bush who represents a silent majority. I just 
I just articulated it and started the chat and there's just a big Me Too movement happening now off the back of it of people who get it. Mm. So we just we just want to break open the paddock for them so they can walk a little easier behind us and go, okay, where do I go? What do I do? How does it look? Well, you alluded to it there, but there'll be people obviously listening right now, possibly, Shana, who might be thinking, I've got a bit of a problem with alcohol or I've got a friend or a family member who I'm concerned about, a loved one that maybe is losing control. What's your best advice for those people? Yeah, it's interesting. Alcohol addiction or abuse is one of the most um, complex things of our time. And I, I reckon the biggest problem we've got, Sam, is that Back in the 70s, Hollywood movies represented alcoholics as homeless people in the gutter and we just kind of bought into that and we still think that's what it is today. And I'm a classic case of that. Like I I legitimately right until my very almost last days thought, oh, well, I can't be an alcoholic because I don't drink every day and I don't even drink during the day. So, nah, 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 I'm not an alcoholic, get stuffed, how dare you call me that. Do you know what I mean? Like I literally didn't even think that that could be me. So what people are lacking is real conversations that they can relate to and identify with. But, of course, everyone's so bloody frightened because it's such a stigmatised thing Mm. that they don't want to ask. So what we basically try and do is, again, use our social media to educate people. What does it look like? How do you know you've got a problem? The rule of thumbs are if you think it's a problem, it probably is, you know, I always say to people, listen to that still small voice and, and if you know in your heart of hearts that you're not okay, you're probably not. And, again, there are so many resources available but people don't know where to look. So part of what we've done at Sober in the Country is we now have a whole resources section where we are flicking people off to all sorts of places. Some people love AA, some people don't. Some people like Hello Sunday Morning. Some people like using this, this, that, whatever. So we just give as much info as we can and say, look, our job is not to fix you, but our job is to let you know you can fix this if you want to get on top of it. It's your choice. Here are some tools. Build yourself a toolkit. Get to work. There is a way out of this. So we just do our best to get info out there to people so they can start researching, start figuring out what it is. And, of course, family members are constantly asking us what they do as well. So ditto, we've got info there for the members of families. So we just try and provide the info to set people up on their journey so they can at least just get started and know what the hell they're even looking at. Yeah. And we, um, you know, the quicker our charity and our profile grows and we have a pretty extraordinary national reputation now, um, a lot of people are, are jumping in with us and, and collaborating with us. So I, I expect we'll see changes in how we do this. And I'd love to see Sober in the Country being able to offer programs, but that's that's a, not an immediate project. So for now, as I said, we're not reinventing the wheel. We're just getting people to where they need to go. We're the, we're the wingman in the middle, no, encouraging there's and some, champion. There's some absolutely great advice there, Shanna, and we really need to thank you so much for being our special guest today and, and more than that, being so frank about your own personal experience as well. I think it's worth asking you, though, if people would like to reach out to you and connect with Sober in the Country, you mentioned all the various forms, but what's the primary mode of contact with Sober in the Country? Yeah, please just come over to the website, www.soberinthecountry.org, um, and all our social media, et cetera, is linked through there. So 
yeah, come along to the website. And as I said, we link other organisations through ours. So it's a great start point. Imagine this, if you were coming to my home, I'd want you to feel like you could have a cup of coffee and stick your feet up on the table and just really relax. And it's just a very informal, very casual, down-to-earth chat by bush people for bush people and we hope that people just feel welcome to you know have a browse come and join the peer support group if they need to if they're rural and um there is just so much hope and so much help available that sounds inviting i was never able to put the uh, feet on the coffee table as a kid so that sounds magnificent shanna thanks so much for joining us today good on you sam thank you for your time mate that is fantastic. Shanna Wan there. If you've enjoyed this podcast, thanks to UPL Australia, make sure you share it with a friend. I'm Sam Edmund. Take care. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the UPL Australia hashtag Open Ag podcast. UPL is a leader in global food systems and we're proud to be in the top five agricultural solutions companies worldwide in over 130 countries. UPL has market access to 90% of the world's food basket and is focused on ushering in growth and progress for the complete agricultural value chain, including growers, distributors, suppliers and innovation partners. UPL offers an integrated portfolio for various arable and horticultural crops, including biological, crop protection, seed treatment and post-harvest solutions, covering the entire crop value chain. For more information on how UPL can help you, simply Google UPL Australia to visit our website.